Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the Zelda hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Link. <laughs> I'm Calamity Ganon. Whoa! Ooh, we're bringing it back. We're gonna have a real Hell contentious you. episode today. <laughs> Uh, I should have uh, been Dark Beast Ganon. I've been Calamity Ganon before. Mm. Uh, but yep. both of those guys are old news now. Alright, let's do the intro again. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're keeping all this in. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, and welcome to the... the ha- yep, yeah, yeah, yes! Yeah, here we go, here we go. Now we're definitely I had, it I'm, not, I'm not used to doing it more than once. Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the Zelda hacks they demand. I'm the Sage of Wind. Hi! Thank you! I'm Beetle, the merchant. <laughs> and I'm Tingle. Oh no. <laughs> oh no! Get the fuck out of here, Tingle! Get out of here! There's kids listening. Can't you see I... you don't want you here? <laughs> I want to say being the Sage of Wind makes it sound like you fuck a lot. <laughs> I know, that was the joke. <laughs> got him. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Is there a Sage of Wind? I think there is. There must be, right? It depends on which game. Yeah, Makar was the Sage of Wind in The Wind Waker. Oh, uh, well, okay, fair enough. The Wind Waker what, is a m- magical instrument that makes you fart. Yeah. Sometimes there's three sages and sometimes there's seven, huh? Or there's six in one of the games, I think? Maybe. Cause there was, there's one game where there's six or something, because I like when it's seven, but it's not always sevens. I feel like in Ocarina of Time there was three gems that you needed to unlock the Temple of Time, but in the, then in the future there were seven elemental sages that you needed for some reason they're coins or something yeah you got the medallions from the sages in the future but i think there were only six dungeons and then raru just gives you the medallion of light okay speaking of raru he's back and he's taller than ever (laughs) man how he's sexier than ever i was about to say how long is it until there's some like internet porn of this giant goat man but it's already has to exist the thing is canonically he's married to a hylian woman they're the king and queen and uh Mm -hmm. they have the line of heroes after them like they are their parents so these two they are in a sexual relationship it's true yes it's canonical Uh uh-huh but you understand the difference between a canonical sexual relationship and pornography, right? <laughs> Do I? I don't, actually. <laughs> I think those are the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, they're great. And they're very tall. Both of them. They're, well, are they? I don't know. I'm trying to think about the, the shots I've seen so far of them. Well, I guess you see their statues a lot, and their statues are tall, but they don't have to be real life. Well. Real size. Spoiler Actually, they alert. do. It's do you a, it's see a little lot. glimpses of them? Yeah, the statues do have to be life size. You yeah. missed that yeah. cutscene. Oh, let, real quick before Louisa starts, I want to say for the audience, we may do very light spoilers yes. of the first like two or three hours of the game, but we are not going to get into deep stuff or late game stuff. So you're probably fine. You've probably either played it or don't care, but just be warned that that is going to come up. Yes, um, we do get to see Raru with both Zelda and Link, and we get to see Olivia with Zelda, and both of them are taller than our regular heroes. Like, I almost guess, twice as Ra- tall. You think? Yeah, wow, okay. well, everybody was really tall in Breath of the Wild. That's true. But, I mean, even yeah. Olivia, who is a Hylian of some ancient type, is quite a bit taller than Zelda. 
Sonia? Huh. Is that her name? Well, I think Olivia. What am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Sonia. <clears throat> I mean, Rauru is just see- surrounded by women. He's got Zelda, he's got his wife, his sister's there. Mm-hmm. Well, Link is there later. Yeah. Although, um, is Rauru right-handed? Because he gives Link that right hand. Mm-hmm. I, love- <laughs> I love- This happens extremely early. When you yeah, meet Raru's ghost, yeah. like, I took your arm off, by the way. A Chiron comes up on the screen and it says Raru, uh, provider of the right arm, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's his title. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Although, shouldn't that arm be way bigger than. It's I magic. feel like it is bigger. Like, whenever Link holds it up, I'm like, it seems like it's several inches longer than his other arm. But you never no. get a, you never get a clear no. comparison. Listen. I was willing to maybe entertain that I hadn't gotten the perspective right on Sonya, the the wife of Rauru or whatever, but absolutely not. Link's <laughs> left and right arm are the same proportion, I'm certain of it. Yeah, he just has longer fingernails on the right arm. Yeah. He does have longer fingernails, that's true. Goat cat like, those dragon. nails are yeah. so good, too. Ugh. <laughs> Such a good shape of nail. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's a ghost arm, it magically shrinks or expands to fit the person it's attached mm-hmm. to. That that makes now that makes sense. Yeah, yes. now we're makes now into so the science sense. of it and the logic. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh So, Louisa, what have you been doing this week? <laughs> uh, prior to this, not a lot. I baked another monster cake, which was very fun, and I love that. And mm-hmm. now I'm eating little slices of monster cake every day, so that's great. Mm-hmm. But of course, I was really setting. <laughs> yeah, up for I know, the joke. I know, okay. I know. <laughs> but the thing is, that didn't come out until. Friday, officially. Mm-hmm. Jeff has some more to say about that. But Friday, I started playing Tears of the Kingdom. And I've been playing Yay. it many hours a day since. It's only been a couple days, but I've really been cramming in all the hours. And I'm so delighted with it. When we agreed to do this whole episode about Tears of the Kingdom, I had not remembered to anticipate the fact that I would have spent two days not sleeping yeah. prior <laughs> because of playing this game. Yeah, I stopped playing too late last night, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, yes. it is time for bed. And then I lay down in bed and I thought more about the game for like another hour and I couldn't get mm-hmm. to sleep. Yeah, I didn't fall asleep till like 2.30 last night because I, as I was telling yeah. Jeff right before you joined the call, Louisa, I just got to the depths <gasps> uh, right as uh, at like 1am and I was like, well, I can't go to sleep now. <laughs> now, this is interesting because the depths... Depths is the yeah. first thing I did, because when you're at Lookout Landing, Robbie tells you he has a mission to go explore the depths, and I'm like, yeah, let's go see it. Well, but that's right after Purna, what is her name? Pura. Pura. Pura says, you should go investigate the four regional yes. experiences or whatever. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go do that. So I, after I went to the, the initial starting village i immediately booked it off to rito village to see what was going on there then realized it was way too fucking hard and then came back (laughs) yeah Yeah, i i immediately was like i need to go see what was on the other half of that painting that was clearly behind some bombable uh uh sediment in the opening cutscene. i'm gonna go (laughs) straight for that chasm bad idea but i did end up exploring the depths quite a bit Mm. Yeah, so that was good. I like that right away you get um, uh, information about starting several different paths if you want to. Like you said, you get information about investigating 
uh, what's going on in the Hebra region, something bad's there. You get information that there's an exploration of the chasm, and you're told that there's a monster fighting squad that's gone to attack a fort, which I haven't done yet, but I like that right away you're like, which path do you want to choose? You can do any of these things. I went to that fort, and the entrance to the area of that fort is like a bridge across to the fort, and there were like, no lie, I'm gonna say 60 or 70 of those super tall monsters. I was like, what the fuck? Uh. This monster squad is fucking hardcore. I'm leaving. (laughs) I can't handle, I can't hang with these guys. Yeah, I feel like everything I've done. Don't you want all that loot? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I feel like everything I've done so far, I've started it and been like, no, 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 I need more hearts. So then I've just been going to look for a lot of shrines, really. Yeah, uh, we were talking, J- Jeff and I were talking about how it is so refreshing that you, that doing shrines isn't the only way to get heart containers anymore. Oh, what a what a joy. What's the other way? Um, I mean, you can find pieces of heart around the world just oh, like yeah. you could in older Zelda games. So, Which is very exciting. I was super yeah, I excited that one of the early shrines, maybe on the Sky Island, you get a key. And I was like, a key? A key in a dungeon? This takes me back. <laughs> yes. Very yep. good. Yeah, I um, I did like a bit of exploring uh, and did like kind of a more elaborate side quest. And the reward for it was like, you get an upgrade, choose stamina vessel or heart container i'm like oh cool so that was like the equivalent of doing four oh, nice. uh four shrines basically yeah i love how the fact that there are fewer shrines is such such a relief are there um, we don't know yet it seems like there are i will say i was yeah. able to run to the rito village and i think i've passed two shrines Whereas in Breath of the Wild, that same run, I would have passed 130 shrines, probably. I will say, I'm running to the Rito Village right now. Or, I just reached the Rito Village. But, along my way, I found two shrines by going into holes in the ground to find caves. And the thing about this game is, there are caves, which are super exciting and like little mini dungeons. They're just like old Zelda games where you find, you know, a little treasure chest or something. Yeah, it's a secret to everyone. Yes! But the cave system is completely separate from the underworld system. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that the caves automatically appear on your map mm-hmm. and they have a little check mark if you found everything in them. Oh, that is for yes. that is map directed content <laughs> right there. Yep. I love and that. The fact that it says on screen discovery and gives mm-hmm. you a place name like, "Oh, I am supposed to find this." Yay. Yep. Although, there are a couple missions where people will be like, hey, can you go find this thing in this cave? It's called the Northeast uh, Wind Cave or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you go there, or like you go where they said, and you go into the cave, you're like, yeah, here we go. And then the the name pops up, and it's a different name, and you're like, fuck! (laughs) I'm not in the right cave after all that! (laughs) Oh, man. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I should... Should I... We, did, we didn't talk about how we would structure this, and you started the normal way. Should I ask someone else what they did at this point? I think, here's what I think we should actually do. Okay. I think I'm going to say to you, Jeff, Yeah. what is your favorite thing about the game so far? Okay. Uh, hard to narrow it down. Um, yeah. My One of my co-teachers asked me, I mentioned I was playing it, he was like, 
uh, I probably have to wait till summer to buy this. How is it? And I was like, oh, kind of flippantly, like, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's the best game ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, sort of jokingly, the more I'm playing it, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's hard to say what's my favorite because it feels as fresh and new as Breath of the Wild did while also being built on the same, like, engine and fundamentals which is and making some like quality of life upgrades which is pretty impressive right it's crazy it's like i don't know it's like they built a whole other game out of the pieces of this (laughs) game like it's it's oh it's 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 a lot it's too much Uh, i hope that they I hope that in the same way that Breath of the Wild kind of kicked off a big resurgence in open world games, I hope that people take the right lesson from this, which is if you are making a sequel to a successful game, you don't have to invent whole new things. What we want is for you to build a new game out of the pieces you already have. Yep. That's what people liked about Majora's Mask, too. And I don't particularly care for that game, but like... Also, they turned that out in a year. This one took six. Uh, yeah, well, this one's yeah com- more complicated. <laughs> right. I can see the kernel of how it started as a DLC and then got too big, mm-hmm. though. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is... There has never been maybe any Nintendo game that has been as much of a sequel to the previous one as this is. Like, yeah, to see the same world is really amazing. Yeah, it's it's... It's wild in that way. Uh, I think my favorite thing so far is just the fact that there's so much weird, uh, inexplicable stuff to discover. My Mm. other description that I gave of the game is it's cartoon Elden Ring. Um, Yeah. Because very similar to that game, every time you go anywhere, you're like, what's happening over there? Why is that there? Why is that like that? Oh, there's an enormous monster. Oh, I got killed in one hit. Um, it does It does feel kind of sad a little bit as you're playing it, because, like you say, I mean, not the Elden Ring stuff, but what you were saying about the fact that you're exploring the same world again, it's such a bleak and desolate world in the first game in Breath of the Wild, and then to come back and see that people have started rebuilding, and then it just gets fucking wrecked again like what two years later or something is so depressing i guess i don't mind that because this time it doesn't feel as oppressively evil what's happening Mm. like uh, the first game you don't go anywhere near the castle until you're very strong because it's completely toxic to your entire existence it's very hard but here you can kind of go, so far, you can kind of go anywhere and it's okay. It's just more dangerous. Like, it feels more manageable and like you can breathe for a second. Have either of you, I'm sure, Jeff, you have because you've been playing longer than everyone, which we'll get into. <laughs> but have you guys encountered the areas of the map where sometimes there's just a swamp full of hands that try to kill you? Yes! yes. Oh, it's so scary! <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> they can move faster than you can run. Uh, mm-hmm. when they start attacking you, you get that weird backwards playing voices music like you get with, uh, the, the trailers that was so scary. Mm-hmm. And they hit, and kill you very fast. 
even if you're they're not hitting you, they are still draining your life because they're surrounded by the what is it called the gloom or something. Yeah, and, the, um, and they tauntingly go, "I'm not touching you. I'm not touching <laughs> you." It sucks. I managed to kill one of them oh, wow. once. Hmm. Um, but holy fuck, they kill you so fast. Yeah. I was doing some decent damage by, like, going very high up, uh, mm. and sniping them with, like, keys arrows from a, from a ledge, but yep. that was, uh, not a sustainable solution. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to get a picture of one of them so I could see what its name was, but... They're too fast for that, and I do have a mm-hmm. very terrifying picture of like five hands with eyeballs on them, just filling uh, the camera's about to frame. Kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, very good. It's all very yeah. But that again, that feels like what you're saying, Louisa. I agree that in general, it's a less per per permissive. That's not a word. Pervasive. Pervasive. That's the word. Um like evil than in breath of the wild but it it feels so much worse because of that when you're just (laughs) wandering around and then suddenly a swamp full of hands is like actually this ruin though you can't come to this one i will fucking wreck you yeah i like Uh, that when you go places though and you meet people they're all like yeah we're building this thing or making this monster squad like they they're trying and i love that it's very uh, optimistic Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. your gay friend has a whole like nationwide business uh, <laughs> setting up boards for you to build little cars out of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, very good. I wish that there were more of those steering platforms oh, yeah, around, because nice. I every time I pass one of those like little piles of stuff to build things out of, I'm like, oh, I could build a little car and I could get there faster. Oh wait, I won't be able to steer it. Never mind, I'll walk. You can attach to a horse. We know that. Uh huh. Have you done that? Because no. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> I've done that. You still have to ride the horse. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, I well, tried attaching something to two horses. Didn't mm-hmm. didn't work. Oh, damn. The other horse just like wandered away. <laughs> I mean, I got it attached to both horses. It's just like I could only ride one, and the other one did not want to come with me. <laughs> oh man. Uh, before uh, we get too far away from it, Matt, what what is your favorite thing about the game so far? Yeah. Okay. I have really enjoyed how I felt like in the previous Zelda, the the Breath of the Wild game, they did a good job of having that, like, rugged, crossing the terrain, climbing stuff vibe, Mm -hmm. but it felt like they hadn't put a lot of thought into platforming. Um, You know, jumping from one place to another seemed like kind of an afterthought, and it often felt like you were kind of breaking the sequence of the game when you did that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these Sky Island areas, I mean, there's only a few of them, which is kind of sad, but they are such complicated 3D puzzles of, like, climbing and then jumping down and gliding. And sometimes you have to, like, like, I was, this is a very minor spoiler, but uh, I was in the sky area above the Rito Village, and there's a bunch of ice ponds that you can jump on, and if you jump from enough of a height, it'll they'll crack. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to do that to solve puzzles, but sometimes you don't, and it's just a hole into death. <laughs> um, and like, so you have to figure out how to look underneath it before you do it. It's so good. Yeah. Like there are little things, and like the fact that you've got the ascend power, which I didn't, I wasn't thrilled about in the trailers, but it really makes those three D puzzles doable. 
Um, because mm-hmm. I think one of the problems in Breath of the Wild was if you were trying to do a platforming thing, if you were doing it and you figured out like, oh, I need to jump from here, but you did it slightly wrong, it would take you 45 minutes to get back to that point to jump again. Yeah. Because you've got ascend in this, you can be like, okay, well, I'm now I'm below where I need to be. If I just walk over there, I should be able to shoot back up to where I was. And it usually works, which is so nice. Yeah, yeah that's very good. I also like that the Ascend is cancelable, so you can just be like, hmm, I think this is where I need to be, but <laughs> above ground, and then go check and be like, whoop, nope, go back down. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I was roaming around the, um, the, like, near the volcano area, mm-hmm. and I did that once to try to get up on top of a cliff, and I popped up through a little, uh, overhang, and as soon as my head popped up, I saw one of those three-headed dragons oh, that are God. in all the trailers, and I was like, "Never mind." <laughs> yeah, I do. Go like, back down. I do like that you get a pause before you pop out of the thing to see what the area mm-hmm. is like. That is really nice because I feel like this. Yeah. A lot of games like this, they make you make quick decisions, which I really don't like so much in video games. Mm-hmm. So I like a moment to think. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really genuinely impressed at how well the sky island areas mm. do a a platforming thing it feels like a mario game but more grounded in real physics yeah yeah <clears throat> I found if you a... could, which <laughs> uh if you could jump on a floating platform in a mario game glue some rockets to it and throw yourself into the <laughs> abyss Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of trouble with that, to be honest. Part of it is because there, uh, so far I've only found two steering platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time it's just strap rockets and see what happens. Uh-huh. And like, I don't love it because y- y- it's hard to know what direction the rockets need to face. And depending on where you're standing when you attach the rocket, it might be slightly off center the fans also, they work a little better, but they're really hard to control. And, like, I thought there would be a button to turn them off, mm-hmm. but you have to go over to them and hit them with a weapon to turn them back off. And sometimes when you're on a rocket, by the time you hit it, you're way past where you need it to be. Yeah, rockets, you're supposed to honestly just, like, hit them and let them go out, because they go out so mm-hmm. quickly. But uh, I've basically just been using them to get, like... Oh, I need to go way over there, or way up there, and <laughs> yeah. just there's, doing it that way. There's one tower puzzle where you need to get to the top of the tower before you can open it, the the towers that reveal the map, mm-hmm. um, and there's like a pile of stuff nearby, including some rockets, and I was like, okay, cool. So I strapped some rockets to a platform, and I shot them off, and I went so far above where the tower was, <laughs> I jumped down, and I kept on missing the tower, because yeah. it was so hard to aim from that high. Ugh. I do, I, this, on the Sky Island, you have to navigate trying to jump from a great height and land in the water so you don't die. That was awful. I hated that. It took me a million times to get it right. But then once you get the glider on the surface world, I really like that now. Because now I can fall and figure out where I'm going to land and glide to the right mm-hmm. spot. Ugh, I love the that. The petroglyphs are such a good, smart touch in this as well. Mm-hmm. Because you're jumping from the sky, you know, you're, you just did a tower puzzle or you're, you're doing one of the sky platforming areas and you're like, I need to get back down to the surface. And you jump and you're looking around the landscape and you're like... Is that the fucking master sword carved into the side of a cliff? Yeah. I need to know what that's about. (laughs) 
I'm trying to do them in order because I want to hear the story beats in order. So I've. How do you know the order? Is there. Well, you know where you find out the map of where all the glyphs are? Yeah. Inside the Forgotten Temple. I... Uh, no, I haven't done that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, I've just been wandering around and I see a uh, okay. petroglyph and I'm like, I gotta know that what yeah. that's if about. You, if you f- go a couple <laughs> steps into Impa's quest line, she'll be like, yeah. go find more of these glyphs for me. Yeah. I did do that part, but I didn't get a map. Well, she says, after you after you get the very first tier, you go up in her balloon and check that out. Yes. She kind of teaches yeah. you what to do. She says, I hear there's more information at the Forgotten Temple. I'm going to go there. And then you can meet her there and find out more. Oh, I, I just assumed that that would be something I would stumble across eventually, but I haven't sought out the Forgotten Temple. Uh, yeah, you, I was... kind of thought that that would be an underground area for some reason. I don't know why I thought that. I was interested in that because that's a location from Breath of the Wild that had yeah. a lot of people confused and theorizing. Mm. Uh, and they kind of like unveil yeah. more of it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a, a guy who does YouTube videos about Zelda things, Zeltic, who we all like, uh, he had a whole thing years ago about the Forgotten Temple and its potential, and like they they did all this stuff here, but they didn't really do anything with it. And I'm sure he's very excited that they've added a lot to it now. Yeah, mm. and there's a bunch of things like that. Um, some like cool stuff where I one of the things I did was I revisited the Great Plateau. Um, oh, there, I haven't there's, done that yet. there's a bunch of neat stuff there where you're ah! like, this is ominous. <laughs> <laughs> you run into the link from the previous game, just oh, getting no. his paraglider for ah! the first time. We're in a loop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's very cool. Uh, there's a lot of stuff where like little plots, uh, kind of getting threaded in and I'm like, Ooh, interesting. <laughs> All right, before we get too far, Louisa, what's your favorite part of the game? I'm going to say, because this is a throwback idea, and it um, touches on something that I kind of missed out on in Breath of the Wild. And at the time, I was like, I shouldn't expect so much from them. Of course they couldn't do this. And this is, if you go to an abandoned village in this game, or lots of other locations, there will be a well. And in the old game, a well was a little construction on flat ground that was just like a ring of stones maybe with a canopy over it but that's all it was it was basically like a little trash can maybe maybe there'd be a korok rock inside something like that now in this game every well i found so far and they show up on your map so you know they're important you can fall down into it into a little cave and i am so excited some of them are very small but they might have like Someone's abandoned, um, like, campsite, and maybe their journal is there, or sometimes yeah. there's interesting cave fish, or you like... I want to talk about that journal <laughs> when we get there, but yes. I have found a couple capped-off wells that makes me sad, because oh, I'm like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> Let me but, in. Yeah. <clears throat> I just... that t- Back to, like, 2D Zelda games, the idea that you could fall down into a well and find something interesting in there is just mm. wonderful, and I'm so excited about it. That journal, I think I'm, I know which journal you're talking about, From and it seems to be expert. setting up a character who is like a mm-hmm. wandering chef. Mm-hmm. I love it. What? Yeah, there was a <laughs> character it. like that in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, is it the same character? I don't remember. I don't know. Huh. Um, the game anyway, is very good at I, doing callbacks to past characters, though. That's true, yes. Yeah, you get a um, 
a lot of references to Misko, the great thief, who I don't think you mm. meet in Breath of the Wild, but like a lot of the bonus DLC costumes were like hinted at in like Misko's journals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You get to meet Tracy I... again, who spells her name strange. Yes. I really want to go, one of the reasons why I started with the um, regional phenomena quest, I think is what it's called, is because I really want to reconnect with the, um, are they are they the champions? Like, whatever the, the new generation oh, yeah. of champions is, <laughs> and see what they're up to, because, I don't know, if Louisa, if you got far enough into the Rito village to see, but what's his name? Tem... Tem- Temba? Teba. And Teba. Teba. Teba is yeah. there. And there's all this stuff going on. And it's very interesting. Like, did have you seen this already, Louisa? No, and this is the thing. Okay. I stopped last night. When I was going through the Reno Village. I'm like, I really should stop playing. It is really late. And then I saw Teba. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember mm-hmm. his wife's name. And Tulin, their son. And I'm like, I have to stop right now. I cannot go <laughs> find out what's going on. Okay. So you saw... So... Tulin, their son, was he in Breath of the Wild or was he just a ch- no. Age of Calamity? No, thing? he was in Breath of the Wild, but he was one of those toddler-sized birds then. Now he's That's like a child-sized right. bird. Because they're acting like this guy is like fucking the coolest shit ever. And I'm like, I literally don't know this guy at all. Like, <laughs> everyone's like, hey, you remember how great of a hero this guy is? I'm like, no. What? <laughs> is he? Yeah. This guy? Tulin really wanted to be as good an archer as Ravali. He idolized Ravali. I guess just from legends. I don't know. He's yeah. less of a douchebag than Ravali, which yeah. is, uh, <laughs> means he's not as good at, at being a hero. But Tabo yeah. was so worried about the world being bad, he didn't want to teach Tulin archery skills. But I guess that's changed now. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I I kind of wish that there was more dealing directly with Teba. Um, yeah, does he remember you? Because I mean, I've noticed some characters do not seem to remember Link, and that makes me sad. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to remember I've, who. I've been meeting people who uh, remember me that I'm pretty sure I haven't met, that they're like new yeah. to this game, and they're like, oh, hey, Link, good to see you again. I like that. There's a lot of people, <laughs> there's a lot of people who are like, Hey, welcome to my stable. Oh shit, are you Link? Yeah. Like, which is, which awesome. is very cool. Yes, I love that. I love that. You, I also you fought love... that giant ghost snake that lived above the castle for a hundred <laughs> years. That was awesome. I also, I also love the new um, Sheikah character, Jasha, mm-hmm. who, when you meet her, she's like, oh yeah, you're that guy, whatever. And then from then on, she's always like, uh, and the swordsman over there, whatever his name is, he can go with you too. Like she fucking doesn't care about you at all. <laughs> yeah, I take do uh, take clown shoes with yeah. you down into that hole. Yeah, <laughs> like she refers to you as the swordsman for the rest of the game. I haven't gotten her to call me Link again one time. Oh, that's very good. But I remember meeting someone that I had met before. I know I don't, I don't remember who, but some NPC that you know like by name, and they're like, "Oh hey, mm. so uh, you're trying to do this quest, huh?" And I'm like, "Don't you remember me? We were friends." Maybe that's important. Maybe their their brain has been wiped by that's magic. True. Come on, Bert, don't you know me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I was very excited by, there's a horrible, creepy statue that the um, research team has uncovered and put into their lab. And when you talk to it, it just says oh, it God. wants pose. 
Yes. <laughs> and I was so excited. That's a real callback. Pose, pose in the Zelda games is the word for ghosts. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's just a rock chanting ghosts, <laughs> ghosts, <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. <sighs> I yeah. started a bit of that uh, larger section, uh, mm-hmm. a bit of that plot, I guess. Um, and Yeah, me too. It, it's really cool. Yes. <laughs> um, so that is a good segue into Jeff. You're quite a bit ahead of the rest of us in playing the game. Um, and I don't want to incriminate you here, but you mm-hmm. did commit the federal crime of downloading a car, basically, as I understand it. Yeah. yeah uh, the movie ad was like, you wouldn't steal a purse. And I was like, yeah, I would. <laughs> oh shit you mean if i could steal the purse and the person whose purse it was would never know that i took the purse and i just get a copy of it yeah of course <laughs> you just file the vin numbers <laughs> off your game and play it yeah exactly mm-hmm. uh no i have a well we probably all have a uh i like to hack consoles and i have a switch that's old enough to be hackable but i never really was interested in doing much with that um mm-hmm. i like booted android on it a couple times just to mess around but uh then tears of the kingdom leaked on monday of the week before last was it a reviewer copy or how did they get a full copy yeah, of the game that's wild i think it must have just been someone who had access to a cart because it was a cart dump mm. um mm. uh but yeah i was able to download and install that and play it on my hacked switch and then but doesn't that mean you have to play through the whole game now on your old switch and not your fancy new literally tears of the kingdom themed switch Aha, but no because okay um if you when you hack your switch you're basic you basically make like a little isolated copy of the operating system to do what you want in um Mm -hmm. and that little isolated copy can be completely cut off from the main version and from Nintendo servers and from the internet. Mm. Um, so that's where I played it. And then uh, I backed up the save there. I mm-hmm. went into a hacked version of the actual firmware, still cut off from online, and like reloaded the save with the backup software. So now it's on my legit firmware, my genuine account. And from there, I was able to boot up normal, no custom firmware, and move the transfer, uh, transfer the save to my main console and my cloud save and stuff. Mm. Seems like a lot of work. Eh. <laughs> I mean, I got to play the game for like twenty five hours before it came out. So, <laughs> was it worth it? Uh, yeah, because I play this kind of game a lot more slowly than other people. Like, the fact mm. that you guys got it Friday and are already pretty much at the part that I just finished yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of basically just dicking around, wandering about, being like, oh, depths. Yeah, I'll just drive a car into the darkness forever. <laughs> Who cares? Um, a lot. Just doing a lot of that. Um, yeah. But now I'm 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 feel like ready and prepared to kind of address the the main plot of the game, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was a nerve wracking experience. The idea that maybe <laughs> Nintendo would push some kind of update that made it so that they could catch you easier or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had to. Just... would come out of the ground and yell at you about mm-hmm. your illegal practices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they should they should do. I feel like this is the kind of thing Nintendo would do of like releasing a new outfit for Link that has like negative stats and is called the the jailer like the jailbreak suit or something. And it's like a stripy onesie. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, there there seems to have been no negative consequences, um, mm. which I wasn't really expecting there to be, unless uh nintendo like rebuilt their whole system like from the ground up just specifically to catch people playing this game early yeah um when you were when you were playing the game early you a couple of times mentioned how excited you were to start talking to people about it and when you said that that was the reason why i was like i would never want to play a pirated early version of a game for exactly this reason Mm. which is i i if I'm playing a new game, it's because I want to be able to talk with my friends about it as I'm playing it. Like, oh man, have you seen this yet? Yeah, have you seen that yet? Like, to not be able to talk about it with anyone sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's nice is I got that head start, and now <laughs> anything that any of my friends want to talk about is something I'm either on now or have already at least seen a little bit of. That's pretty good. I don't know, though, because sometimes people today will talk to me about Breath of the Wild stuff and be like, I don't think I ever did that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I yeah, I think that too. this game is so spread out that there's a very real chance that Louisa and I may have done stuff that you haven't seen yet, and vi- obviously well, vice versa. Well, yeah, like the Forgotten Temple, which I thought was the game was directly giving you an A to B, go here now instruction, mm-hmm. but you yep. didn't do it yet. So, like, that's And I got I did the same thing with an A to B instruction, but it was to go find um uh the the Rito village. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty weird. Yes. Yeah, what's what's interesting about this one is after you in the in Breath of the Wild, after you clear the Great Plateau, it very um dramatically puts on the screen main quest defeat Ganon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Yes it does. It, it says find Zelda. Main quest find Zelda. Right, but that's not yeah, you don't know where you know where Ganon is. Don't know where exactly. Zelda is. Exactly, Ganon is in the like you can look at him and see him from anywhere in the map. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, find Zelda is a mystery to solve, which is a much I like different. That. I like it a lot too. Yeah, um, I feel like the the pro- one of the problems I had with Breath of the Wild, which was a very good game, is that it felt like it was all just you prepping for the final fight. Yeah, like it was, was all that pressure. geared. Hmm. towards fight whereas this one is there is a central quest but it's uncovering information which is what you want to be doing in the world anyway mm-hmm. like yeah. in breath of the wild it felt like oh well me you know helping this villager get pictures of bones in the desert probably isn't helping me to defeat ganon later but now i can be like oh well i'm uncovering the mystery of the statue maybe this will lead to clues about where zelda is you know yeah i think that's what i meant about it being more hopeful this time there's not that Mm. oppressive like in breath of the wild there's a fun side quest where you help people build a new village and i love that it was Mm. very cute you're doing this while the world is burning essentially is the plot (laughs) of the game (laughs) but this time there's no immediate danger you want to find out why things are happening but you can go help people build or fix things just because that that's good. It's overall good. Yeah. Ugh, 
Love it. I really like that central hub area in the like courtyard mm-hmm. outside of the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not huge. There's not a lot of people there, but it it represents this idea that like humanity or high high highlinity, yes. <laughs> whatever, has like is here is present in this world and isn't hiding under rocks like it was in the previous one. Yeah. Yeah, the so, the last one was just like, well, the world ended a hundred years ago, and we're all just sitting here waiting to die because it didn't end all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and none of us can do anything about it because our dumbass princess thinks that she can still save the world foolishly. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that she was right is immaterial. It was foolish <laughs> of her to think that she could. Yeah. Um, but like in this one. It's not like, oh, the world ended. It's like, oh, a bunch of weird stuff happened. Mm-hmm. We can go explore it. So there's different yeah. teams and you could go explore different things. Yes. Exactly. It, Let's it, go look at the it, weird stuff. It does feel weird that all of the characters that you interact with remember all of that stuff you just said, Jeff. But they aren't like, oh, you're Link. I will drop anything I'm doing to help yeah. you with the thing you're doing because of last time. Like, <laughs> I saw what happened last time, and you were the reason it was good, so I was doing this, but now let me help you 100% instead. Yeah. I like how many characters you meet that say, you know, weird stuff is happening. There are rocks falling from the sky, there are hell holes opening in the ground, but you know what? I bet all those things have treasure, and I'm gonna go get it. <laughs> I love that! <laughs> that- yeah, that seems very realistic to the human experience. <laughs> yeah, the um I I love the I love what Matt has proposed, which is everyone was on cliffs with binoculars watching you fight that thousand foot tall pig ghost while Zelda fired uh beams I mean, of sunlight at it. Mm-hmm. But like probably. Like what yeah. else were they doing? Yeah. And even if not, like Surely you wake up one morning, you're like, hey, that pig ghost is gone. I gotta ask somebody what happened there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I feel I... like I'm dying all the time. <laughs> it yeah. legs dropped into the middle of the field, and the uh, 120-year-old princess <laughs> shot beams of sunlight at it, and it died. Yeah, like, I could see, you know, some people not knowing that you're Link right away, not realizing it, but everyone in this world must know there was a guy who fought a giant pig ghost and saved literally everyone's lives. And if you met that guy, if somebody nudged you and was like, hey, look over there, see that guy? That's the guy who fought that pig ghost. You'd be like, you'd walk over to him and be like, here, have all of my money. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Like, you can have my sword if you need it. I don't know what you need, but whatever you need. I've been collecting these diamonds. Take them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I think, like, I, I feel like meeting him, though, helps mitigate that if you think about it in a logical way. You're a Rito, I don't know, carpenter or something. You're building stuff all the time. Here comes a guy, and you think it's the hero of legend, but he is extremely small and young looking. So you're like, oh, he's kind of just some guy, though. So I think you would treat him regular, right? I would. I think I might be more impressed. <laughs> I'd be like, whoa, you did that? Like, I mean, listen... I don't want to get into Rule 34 territory again after we already <laughs> talked about porn about that goat man, but, like, Link must be so fucking cut. 
Yeah. He must be the f- most muscular dude. Like, I could see you being like, hey, look, there's this little boy over here. And then you, like, put your hand on his shoulder and you're like, oh, my God. Like, you broke my hand with your muscular <laughs> arms, you little you little pellet of, of pure fight energy. Yeah, he's he's got rock hard muscles. They're so dense. They're like they're like a neutron yeah. star. <laughs> yeah, they have to be. He's so little. <laughs> but he wears regular clothes and people don't know, is what I'm saying. Uh, sometimes he wears regular okay, yeah. clothes. <laughs> Other times I he get wears to make like that decision, goddammit. <laughs> I get to decide who wears regular clothes in this game. Yeah, and I'm deciding that he wears a caveman skirt and uh, a shoulder pauldron, and that's it. Yeah. I was telling Jen, for all that... Jen doesn't really play video games, and I was trying to explain how these games are fun on so many different levels, and I said, one of the things I'm most looking forward to is the late game period where I just get to find a bunch of outfits to dress Lincoln and it doesn't matter what they do. I just want to have all of them. <laughs> I did feel bad in Breath of the Wild seeing some emotional cutscenes like Urbosa finally going off to heaven <laughs> after helping you. And, uh-huh. and you, you zoom in on Link's face, but he's wearing a rubber fish mask, which completely covers his eyes. Yes. Yeah. Or like a gimp suit for th- yes. not getting struck by lightning. Yeah, we're over over uh. here. <laughs> like, oh, we're having this dramatic, oh, this is my father who died fighting Ganon a, a hundred years ago. And we're going to see him off to to the the lands beyond and... Uh, Link, why are you wearing Majora's mask? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, this is serious. Uh, dressing as Tingle was so much fun in that game. <laughs> Just to see Tingle doing things. Ugh, no. <laughs> I like that's to see where Tingle I draw the line. Things, though. Fine. <clears throat> um, I've already um, started getting some interesting outfits, parts of them that were not in Breath of the Wild, so I'm excited ooh. about that too. I am a little bit sad. I was really hoping that this game, the rupee system would be less of a grind. Yeah. But so far, I'm still like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. I've saved up 150 rupees. Mm -hmm. It took me eight hours to get that many rupees. I'm going to go to a store. I'm going to buy all kinds of shit. And then you walk into the store. It's like, hey, you want this pair of pants? They're only 1,200 rupees. Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> Are there 1,200 rupees in this whole fucking game? You have to sell. You have to make I elixirs hate... and sell them. I hate oh making food God. to sell. It's such a grind. But yeah. It takes so fucking long every time. Actually, I found one of the better sources of money is to sell the, like, the rocks that you don't use. Like, Mm. I'll keep ruby, sapphire, topaz, and diamond, but, like, opal, I had, like, 30 of those, and they sell for, like, Mm. 40 Uh, each or something. Here's the thing. Those are also hard to get, and then I get nervous that I'm gonna really need a bunch of them at some point, and I Mm. have sold them all. Are they hard to get? The opal, I had so many. (laughs) I remember in the first game that I felt that way, and then I got to the Goron village area, and there were so many, like geodes to smash to get the gemstones or whatever mm-hmm. i am a little worried that late game I'm, they're gonna be like collect 500 rubies and i'm gonna be like well shit but for yeah. now i'm just like you know what i'm not using these rubies and they are worth so much and i need a, a fucking sweater so they don't freeze to death while i'm climbing this fucking mountain yeah you gotta That's smash fair. those geodes dude mm-hmm. yeah nice 
Great, uh, good. That was worth it, for sure. <laughs> Something I really like is, having played Breath of the Wild, and loving Breath of the Wild, but not knowing what to expect when that game came out, I later regretted... I regretted not following the path the game recommended mm-hmm. as much, because I didn't trust the game, and I was used to games being like, ah, but if you had gone this way and found this secret cave, you could have found something really good, dummy. Yeah. So... In the first game, I was constantly climbing over mountains instead of following the path and doing dumb stuff. And now with this game, I know to trust it more. So I'm following the path and seeing more story things, and I really love that. It's nice to have yeah, that one thing. That, one thing that I feel like Breath of the Wild programmed into all of our brains is the idea that, like, you can explore anywhere at any time, yeah. but... You will have the most fun if you save that stuff until you've dug into, like, at least 50% of the plot so that you know what you're looking for and you've got the skills to do it. Yeah, good. I keep seeing Because <laughs> you don't want to have to revisit a place like, yeah. oh, now that I have bombs, I can do this when before I couldn't, you know? Mm. Yeah, I keep seeing interesting things on the way to the towers in a region, but I want to get to that tower so I can have that map first of all. Yeah, I um, I, it's wild to me that anyone plays any percentage of these games without all first unlocking the whole map. <laughs> yeah, I um, I banged my head against uh a really big, I think returning enemy, but I won't say it was it was a big like kind of field boss type of enemy, <laughs> um, for like an hour, and then discovered that there were like two more of them right nearby, and was oh, like no. If I'm having that much trouble with this one, I'm gonna not fight this and go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but, like, that I only encountered because I was off the beaten path. But there's other stuff, like, have you been to the Bridge of Hylia? Yes. Um, no. I no. know there's that fire gliok from the trailer. Right. There's a fire gliok on there, and I'm like, hmm, that's a three-headed fire-breathing dragon. <laughs> I don't want to fight oh. that, and I don't yeah. think I will ever want to fight that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did bump into a Hinox when I was going to the very first tower. Maybe yeah, you know, half an hour after I jumped off of the the starting island, and I was like, "Fuck!" But I fucking wrecked him. Yeah, nice. I kicked his ass. Yeah, I think the Hinoxes might be weaker. They, it felt much easier when I was fighting the Hinox. Well, I think that same Hinox. I like how strategic <laughs> things are because uh, there's Hinox sleeping on a bridge that you need to cross, but there's mm-hmm. some little stone outcrops nearby so you can get up high, and I feel like the, this game gives you more opportunities to find places to attack without getting wrecked, and I like that. Yeah. I also think this game has gives you more incentive to hit enemies' weak points, Yes. I know that was available in Breath of the Wild, but it really makes a difference in this game. Where if you're fighting a whole horde of of monsters, like a decent strategy is to try to hit one of them in the head because it'll knock them so far back that then you can pull out your sword and fight the other ones. Yeah, that is very and the Hinox, I mean, you cannot beat that Hinox without shooting it in the eye. Mm-hmm. And again, that was in the previous game, but in this one, like it stuns him so much that you feel like you have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I, this game's got me more into the uh, battle, the the fun of fighting than the first game did, because I didn't love fighting mm-hmm. in that game. 
I also feel like parrying and dodging is a lot easier in this game, or, like, feels a lot easier and, and more rewarding. Like, the backflip uh, and then flurry, flurry yeah. blow, whatever it's called, flurry rush or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I think I maybe pulled that off twice in Breath of the Wild, but I do that all the time in this game. Nice. Maybe I'm just better at video games, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel more invested in the combat. That I liked it in Breath of the Wild, but now mm-hmm. you can you have so much more control over your arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because with the adding stuff. Yeah, you're always you are absolutely never just going to use a weapon raw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like pretty much always fusing it with something and having that control over like, hmm, I have this monster part that will give it uh electric power but do i want to use it on my like sword that has extra durability or do i want to use it on my sword that has reduced durability but will double the power like having Mm. having that type of control makes the uh the fact that the swords break like i already didn't mind it now i'm like i want my swords to break because i want to make more room (laughs) in my inventory to make cooler swords yeah. I love that that is something this is Nintendo's great at this. That's something you appreciate on a numbers level, like a high strategy level. I've seen a lot of people talking about how their young children love that feature because you can just stick stuff to stuff and they right? love mm-hmm. that, the goofiness of it. And it does both yeah. and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could get a very useless spear with a bow glued to the tip of it. <laughs> but that's so fun. Yeah. Ah, I um I spent in the in Breath of the Wild, I think I only ever used the bow and arrow when I had to. Um and I've been really falling in love with using bow and arrow as my primary weapon in this game. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. because you can stick that stuff to the arrows as you're shooting them, so you can make the decision on the fly, like I'm shooting this guy. He's a robot. I bet he's weak to electric. Mm-hmm. Let me use one of my yellow chew jellies. I'm sure I'll find more of those later. Like that level of customization. Cause in the previous game, you had to go and find yeah. ice arrows and they were fucking expensive <laughs> and hard to find. So I never wanted to use them, but here I'm like, enemies are shooting arrows at me all the time and they always miss. And then I just pick them up up, up off the ground, stick one of their own horns to it and fucking, no scope them from a million miles away it rules and if you miss with one of those fused arrows the arrow and the part will be on the ground where they landed yeah so it's like no risk unless you're literally like firing out into into the middle of the sky to try and hit an enemy yeah ah love it love that there's use for all the stuff all the monster parts you find around are finally useful aside from (laughs) trading into that creep (laughs) another very smart thing that they did in this game is when you shoot a monster in the sky if if the parts of it start falling for too long they just like magnetize to you and you get them um which is incredible because when you're shooting like those giant the pterodactyl things Mm -hmm. in the sky i was like i'm never yeah yeah i'm never gonna get their their loot but luckily, I it like unless it hits the an island, it you do get it, which is so nice. Yep. Oh, oh, man. I love I love attaching 
I'll see one of those like blue rabbits that you the bloopies that you have to mm-hmm. shoot to get rupees. Um, and just like firing keese arrow after keese arrow, <laughs> we'll just like home in on it and knock like thirty rupees out of it at a time. Uh, so satisfying. I haven't, used, I haven't used keese arrows hardly at all. The only arrows I ever really use are um, bomb arrows if I want to absolutely wreck something, or uh, the the ice fruit arrows that freeze them because there's so many ice fruits around I feel so like i use those fire fruit arrows constantly because yeah. i got so many fire fruits in the sky yes but i'm starting to run out of those fire fruits uh, and i'm not sure what to do i just <laughs> go back I in the use... sky harvest more yeah i guess so i use keys eyeballs or wings because the eyeballs are homing and the wings make the arrow fly much farther Mm, yeah um and there's elemental versions of them Mm -hmm. uh so that has been like cool i can have a homing freeze arrow that will just instantly kill anything because it freezes it in midair and then it drops and hits the ground and takes fall damage yes um which is very satisfying uh i have remember how in Breath of the Wild, you could get, like, a Rito sword that would blow a little gust of wind when you swing. Yes. Oh my god, I hate that so <laughs> much. I've gotten one of those in this game already. I got one yeah, of those I... in this one, and I attached, like, a Moblin axe horn to it or whatever. So now I have a little axe that just, like, makes skeletons fall apart and bounce around. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't hit anything with it. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I I had I instantly threw them all away after the first fight that I had with them because I was fighting a group of of moblins and I had this gust sword and every time I swung everything I was trying to hit flew away and then just came back or like shot arrows at me like I it's not helpful to blow them away <laughs> I need them here where I can hit them with my sword yeah sometimes it is it's Sometimes it's useful if you're like way up high or something to have them. I don't want to blow them off though because I want to get their loot. Oh, if I true. blow them off of the the mountain, I'll never get that loot. Yeah, you gotta thing, get that loot. loot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Are you? Are either of you at all slightly put off by the fact that suddenly all the monsters have horns that are shaped <laughs> very explicitly like weapon blades? I don't love uh, that, but I I mean I appreciate it from a game mechanics level. Fine, and. Story-wise, I feel like they might explain it at some point, so I'm okay with that, I guess. But it is weird. And I like that it makes them look even more unlike a real living creature that I have to kill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like, Um, they're much more explicit about them being like, oh no, these are, these are not animals who live, these are not like little cavemen who live in this world. These are monsters made of evil monster energy. Yes, that is the thing that I appreciate. Although, that, that always made me feel a little sad in Breath of the Wild yeah. that they would just be living their own lives and then I come in and wreck them. But now but, they have jobs and stuff. Yeah, They'll be like them, mining. And you see them carrying around a basket of fruit or driving a horse cart? You're like, oh man, these are like little guys though. <laughs> yeah, but, but I do need I, that hammer on his head. Sorry. <laughs> See, my my rule is if they're just doing their own thing, I never attack them until they attack me first. Mm, but then you hear I that know, horn and it's so scary. I mean, listen, I know that it's more dangerous to do it that way, but a man has to live by a code. It's true. My code is I attach the blue Bokoblin uh, horn to my arrow and kill a blue Bokoblin with it and whisper a sweet irony under my breath <laughs> as he dies in one critical hit. 
Yeah, you're the Punisher now. The Punisher of Hyrule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Punisher for Moblins. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I will say... The city, I say, to the Moblins. I was... I realized as I was playing through this game that one of the reasons why I think it's better is because it is relying on the stuff that I learned the hard way in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Um, I don't remember if I've ever revealed this on the show before, and it makes me look like a real dunce, so, you know, you're welcome for that. But um, I played through most of the ga- the plot of the Breath of the Wild without ever realizing that you could break those geodes apart to get the things inside of them, uh-huh. because no one ever tells you that. Like, unless you accidentally hit it with one of those rock breaker swords or a bomb, mm-hmm. you just... You're never going to figure it out. And, you know, in this game, I saw those. I was like, I'm going to fuck those rocks up. And I did. And then I was like, oh, no one told me about it in this game either. Yeah. I was very surprised. Um, One of the first things you do when you get to, when you head towards Hebra is you come across a stable and there's someone who wants a horse and there's wild horses. And it, it wasn't until after I had done some of that stuff that I was like, no one in this game told me how to catch horses. They told me that all in the first game. Yeah. That, uh, the lady who, who gives you that, like, task to go get her a horse does say, like, you have to sneak up on them. Oh, does she? I might not have talked to her enough, because I knew what she wanted, so I went and got a horse. Yeah. I also bashed my head for a while against a shrine puzzle where the opening room is just, it's, the, the shrine was called Downward Force. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you walk into the opening room, and it's just a circular room with a locked gate at one end. And you look up, and it just goes off into the infinite. And there's literally nothing in the room. (laughs) I haven't done that one yet. That sounds awesome. I walked around in circles. I spent, guaranteed, over half an hour in this empty room. Like, I, I don't, I made the mistake when I played the first one of not finishing every shrine as I got to it, and then I forgot which ones I'd done, and it sucked. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not leaving this room till I figure out what the fuck I'm supposed to do. It turns out, there's a yellow torch on the wall that you have to hit with an arrow, and it it's a switch that unlocks the door. No one has ever mentioned that. <laughs> that has never been a thing. What I love about this game, though, is... When you go into a shrine, it's like, Taskmaster, all the information is on the task. You know whatever you're seeing in there, that's the solution somehow. Yep. And you feel so smart when you figure it out. I do. <sighs> I didn't feel smart. I feel <laughs> furious. Oh, no. So, you know, in, um, in like, old LucasArts adventure games, you would, like... Keep, you'd move the mouse cur- cursor around until it turned into a little hand indicating that you could click on the thing, and that's how you knew where to click. Yeah. Uh-huh. I use the grab feature for that in this game. Like, which of these objects is interactable? Let's yeah. open up grab and see which ones are glowing. That's very mm-hmm. good. Yes, I knew that too. I just, I was so mad at, like, I agree with you, Louisa. Usually these shrines are so good about, like, well, whatever you need to do, you it'll be here, and, like, the game teaches you the language of these things in such a way that you will by the time you've encountered one of these puzzles you'll have all of the things you need so for them to have just introduced 
oh, these yellow columns of light are switches you need to hit without anyone ever telling you that ever for one second in the whole game. It really felt like they were cheating. I like that it encourages you to try things. Like, here's a very small thing to get a Korok seed. On my way to the Hebrew region, I passed by two little smiley stone statues under a frame for a canopy, but there was no top. And then nearby, there was one of those uh, construction material places. And I was like, it's snowing on these little statues. What if they had a roof so it didn't? So I put, a, mm-hmm. I put a roof on, and then a Korok popped up. And I was like, yes! Your kindness game, was rewarded. Yeah, the game knew I was going to be like, huh, I want to change this thing I see. And that was the right move, and I love that. Yes, but that that relies on them already having taught you like these piles of materials are movable and you can build things out of them and all of that stuff to, to introduce a thing. The thing is when you're in a shrine, you've got so many weapons and tools and abilities trying all of them took me over half an hour because I tried fucking all of them. I wasted a lot of resources on this thing that I should have been able to figure out, but I couldn't because they gave me no way to figure it out. I guess. I feel like I, you just I gotta get good, like Matt. how much trying there is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that there's a lot of trying, because then it feels satisfying when I get it right. I think if they'd put that yellow column in the circular room, I might have gotten it mm. faster. Mm. The fact that they put it behind the locked door and you had to shoot it through the, like, grating of the door, that, it just... It was the first moment when I was playing this game where I had to put it down and I was like, fuck you guys. Fuck this game. (laughs) Like, fuck you for fucking making me do this and then feel like an idiot that I didn't figure it out faster. But there was no way I could have, you fucking assholes. I did that one either this morning or last night and I don't have any trouble with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, that's the thing. We're all going to find something that we just know how to do and we do it. And someone else is going to be like, how would you ever have figured that out? That's just how it goes. And my moment where I didn't know what to do and I got so frustrated came way earlier. It was in the uh, Great Sky Island when you have to fly a stone glider to get back to the temple. But you Mm -hmm. are so many literal game miles above the temple i kept falling into the ground and dying because there's no way to really uh, get your trajectory to get to the water unless you follow the map very closely oh that was so frustrating yeah i did did, i tried so hard to land on top of the temple of time (laughs) did you guys try to do that too i gave up on that idea (laughs) i think i like just got close enough and maybe used ascend to get up to the top i don't remember Mm. um but yeah i i don't it just like i launched the wing towards the thing and just stood in the middle of it and it took me right there (laughs) see i just could not get myself to land in the water i don't know interesting i like i like that you can steer those wings by walking to one side or Mm -hmm. the other so that they lean yeah Yeah. that made that felt good although once you get a uh like steering stick and just glue that steering stick right to the center Mm. they need to put way more of those in the game i said that at the beginning (laughs) but i just i want to be able to build a little car and drive around in it but uh, (laughs) But i can't those vending machines yeah Yeah. oh yes you can get every time i go to one i dump i have like 
I have so many Zonai cores. Do you guys have that yes. too? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, I, want I always dump like 40 of them into every gachapon that I stumble upon. Have you upgraded your little battery belt yet? Not yet. I haven't. I don't know if there's places other than that one guy in this big sky island, and I don't want to go back there yet. Mm. I mean, he's right next to a shrine, so it's a, yeah, it's a teleport. I just don't wanna... but, yeah. uh, I need to get so many cores to get those to turn them into crystalline things. You have to get a hundred, right? It's complicated. Yeah. It's easier to just collect the ore. Okay. I have got a lot of ore, yes. Yeah. It's... Yeah, if you if you go into the depths and just get like I found one place in the depths that was just a literal wall mm-hmm. made up of those geodes yeah. and I shot a bomb into it yes. and I got like 230 ore out of it. Yes, me too. Have you been to the abandoned mining station underground? Yes. I've been to a few of the abandoned mines, the like Great Central. Did you get one where you got a piece of clothing? Because I'm very excited about that and I want the whole set. Oh, mm, yes. I, I got that full mm. set um, by exploring abandoned mining sites. Ugh, I need to go do that. Um, if you go to the, the like Great Central Hyrule Mine, there is interesting stuff to do there that you should mm. do. Okay. Um, that is like, there's a sort of, I guess like a new ability, but it's not like new new. Um, but it, like, it's an enhancement to one of your powers that is extremely valuable. (laughs) Alright, I'll have to do that. So. What I need to do is, I need to go to that great fairy. Yeah. Somebody talked about the great fairy in that Mm. first little village area and pointed to the, the, like, flower bud that she lives in. Mm -hmm. And I keep on forgetting I want to go up there because in Breath of the Wild... Mm. I didn't get to the Great Fairies until very late game, and then they're like, you need to collect five million key swings or whatever, and I was like, fuck, I wish I'd known that yeah. at the beginning of the game. Uh, I did go up to the bud, she said she's not coming out until she hears the delightful music of a horn, and that guy said he was hoping the band would come back to town to please yeah. the Great Fairy, so I guess the band does have to come back to town. Oh, Yeah, but he said where the band is, so I need to yeah. go get them. Yeah. I have not met the band or the great fairy but i did meet a guy playing a horn and i had to rescue him from being trapped in a hole Uh Mm. (laughs) wow i love that we've all encountered different pieces of this mystery that's delightful (laughs) what a delightful it's god's perfect game for us his favorite children except for that one switch which is bullshit and can go straight down (laughs) that's that's a test it's like job Mm-hmm. Something I'm a little disappointed in, and I understand why they did it, is you don't have automatic infinite bombs anymore, which is a big part of the yes. first game. You have to find Ugh. bomb flowers, which is kind of a cute throwback. Bomb flowers were always the usual way, but you have to be careful with them and you're, you run out now. And I know they did it so you can't just attach a bomb to an arrow and just kill everybody from a safe distance. But, yeah. man, I, I don't like having limits on my tinkering that way i wish that there were more bomb flowers around Mm -hmm. because i i also like that that is more limited now but i've only found bomb flowers in a couple of places and once you pick one it's gone i'm really happy about the return of bomb flowers because it's a cute weird stupid idea It's mm. it's from Ocarina of Time first, I think, right? Because you could just get bombs in like A Link to the Past and stuff. Like you can just yeah. find them. Um, but in Ocarina of Time, before they give you bombs, 
in order to like solve bomb puzzles, you need to have the plants. And I love that. Uh, yeah. And it fits perfectly because bombs are the only of those powers that you would really need in this game. Right. Like, what would you need to make an ice column for? Ever. You can I mean, get... that was the least useful ability yeah. in that in the last game anyway. Magnet is already, like, that has been yeah. fully replaced. Ultra Hand is just better Magnet. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love the cute reference. Ultra Hand is a, uh, like, physical grabber toy that Nintendo made in, like, the 70s. Yeah. Uh, they released... It's a bad name in this game, unfortunately. Yeah, it is a weird it is weird to call it that, but I yeah, like Yeah, it's weird when you hear the goat god man say, and this ability is Ultra Hand, you're like, mm, that doesn't sound right in your mouth. Magical yeah. yep. goat god. Oh man, I I Googled Ultra Hand to try and find a picture of the Nintendo toy. Of course you can't you find just it. I saw so much porn. It is ju- <laughs> well, weirdly a little bit. Uh but no, it is it is almost entirely just screenshots of Tears of yeah. the Kingdom. Um, but they had like there was like a Wii game called like Grilling with Ultra Hand or something. It was like a Wii downloadable game from like 15 years ago. Oh, God. So I was like, oh interesting. Why are they calling this Ultra Hand in this Zelda game? That's weird. Nice. Okay. I think we should wrap up this show by each of us saying uh, a prediction about the game and it has to be hmm. something that we don't know for sure like it's just a, a speculation mm-hmm. okay and i'm gonna kick it off so you guys have time to think okay do you guys feel like there is something deeply sinister about rauru yes in this game yes i do i do I but think... i don't think i'm supposed to I think that there is going to be... So at the beginning of the game, you find that mummy and he's being held down by Rauru's arm. Mm-hmm. I think there's more going on there than than just that he was containing that mum- mummy. Yeah. I think he was... Because here's the other thing. Every time you get one of those light beacons from the, the shrines, um, it goes into you and then a little bit of darkness emits from your arm. What's that about? I think that's, oh, that's the, glo- the gloom from when you were bit. Yeah, it's says- but bit that arm is <laughs> Jeff. That arm is gone. Raru took that arm off. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's Raru's arm that is that is dark. That's fucked up. <laughs> uh, my uh, my speculation is that all of the stuff that seems like it will connect to other Zelda games maybe won't like i'm even (laughs) thinking that maybe this ganondorf is not related to calamity ganon um (laughs) yeah this isn't even the same zelda and link from breath of the wild (laughs) (laughs) no i'm thinking that like this ganondorf is a new ganondorf that we haven't seen and that calamity ganon was like related to a different ganondorf That would be pretty fucking wild. Yeah, I, can I mean, see that it, happening. it just is a coincidence that 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 two <laughs> demons were on the same castle—one above it and one below it—and they were both named Ganon, but they had nothing to do with. <laughs> I mean, they didn't kill each other, but then they found out they were both named Ganon, and they made up. Yeah, how do you know that name? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I I think that the way in that they're related is you know the whole Skyward Sword nonsense of like their reincarnations Demise. of Demise's hatred for the goddess or whatever. 
but I... But the, you said that all of the connections to other games wouldn't be real, so that would be a connection to Skyward Sword. I'm saying, like, the... Bazinga! Yeah, that's true. That basic lore thing will stick around, but I don't think it's ever going to be like, oh yeah, this is Ganondorf Dragmire from the uh, Gerudo tribe in Ocarina of Time, and or like, ah, uh, I was the fat Ganondorf with the two uh, the two katanas from Wind Waker. No, uh, I was that real man. stupid Ganondorf from uh, Link Between Worlds. <laughs> yeah, it's I I don't think it's any of of those. Like, arguably, all of the other Ganons were. Uh, Ocarina of Time Ganon, or there's this like game, maybe one exception. I think that this is a fully new Ganondorf. This game does seem more concerned with giving, like, winking references than actual lore connections to things. I like that. And I could see, instead of this Ganon being, you know, in the lore related to other Ganons, what if it's just when you fight this Ganon, all the different phases of him are the different Ganons from the previous games? That would kick ass. <laughs> they do that sometimes. Um, yeah. Like the... Uh... Everyone was so disappointed with the Calamity Ganon fight in Breath of the Wild. I hope they really ratchet it up in this one. Oh, yeah. I uh, I saw in one of those flashbacks that he's got, like, uh, a sheathed sword on his hip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, ooh. Am I gonna get to have a sword fight with Ganondorf? It's been so, You're gonna, it's been you have so to. long since I've had a sword fight with Ganondorf. <laughs> I think it was yeah. I didn't get that far in Twilight Princess, and he's not Ganondorf in that anyway, so I think it's been since Oh no, sorry, Skyward Sword. I think it's been since Twilight Princess. That yeah, I in, a... in the for I forget, Jeff, did you go to the Forgotten Temple? Yes, I went to the Forgotten Temple okay. and I saw so... all the like geoglyph pictures yeah you see two swords in those 11 pictures one is clearly the master sword fine the other one is a curved scimitar and i think that's got to be ganondorf's sword yeah i'm very interested to go find the rest of those because i was realizing like as i was finding them i'm like oh this is this character but this one is also that character interesting interesting (laughs) oh so good uh, so, anyway, what, let's get into prediction. what this show is about. I need a prediction. Uh, how to shoot an arrow in any Zelda game. Sorry, now go ahead. So, <laughs> mine might be ridiculous. Like, Jeff might have already found this already. But when you're underground, one of your first um, missions that you're given, from Josh, I think, was to get a photo of a weird statue. And I did yes. this. And what it is, is very crudely shaped, like, dog people, maybe? You know, humanoid, but kind of animalistic. And they're yeah, beast man. Okay, yeah. And they're lines of statues that all have one arm raised, but they're all facing in the same direction. So where are they going? I don't know yet. Falling down another hole, I found birds statues all facing in one direction. Oh, interesting. I haven't seen those. So I feel like all these things converge maybe under the castle? I don't know. I don't know anything about that. But I feel like these are all the races. I guess the beast men would be um uh gorons uh, that well, i was thinking well, it was a zonai well mm, but they're not ears. shaped like the zonai yeah. the zonai have those long necks and big ears and these are more like bulky yeah you know what they're shaped like Moblins. they're shaped like those weird underground mole people in skyward sword that are in mm. the place where the gorons will eventually be Oh, maybe this is this is why like uh Queen Sonya looks so different from Zelda. Maybe these are 
ancient forms of these races that we don't know about right. yet. Okay, that's my idea. And then they are all converging on some extremely important point, maybe where uh, Ganon was trapped. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm interested. I was following a series of statues. And I was like, oh, this is just leading me to the next light route. But then yeah. like, on the other side of the light route, there was another statue pointing away. Like, oh, mm-hmm. no, these are leading like to other stuff, too, I guess. Oh, it's very <laughs> exciting. So that's yeah. my prediction. Well, how do you make a Zelda costume, Matt? Yeah, so what we do on the show is we go to the WikiHow page <laughs> for suggested articles we put in a random word. Uh, and then we answer questions about the, that word, and today the word is Zelda, so... Goodbye. How do you make a Zelda costume? <laughs> um, you need to get a green t-shirt from Michael's, one of those ones that they sell you that you could iron stuff onto, but don't iron anything onto it, that's a trap! And then you need to get, like, a, a like a coffee filter and paint it green and put it on your head. Coffee you filter, interesting. Zelda is the boy on your shirt. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's yeah. me, Zelda, from the game Zelda. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I feel like classic Zelda was so influenced by 90s fashions that he had a green tunic, like a medieval-style tunic, that's fine. But then he had a white mm. turtleneck under it, which is such a 90s fashion move. <laughs> I do like in Skyward Sword when you find out that the, the origins of that are that um, he's like in night school and not night school. School for nights, not school at night. You went to a school um, for nights, right? You guys? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> the mascot of the university Jeff and I attended is the... Oh, right, right, right. right. Yes. Scarlet Knight. <laughs> I did forget about that because I don't care about sports. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, the... Um, the everyone gets a suit of armor when they graduate from night school and then you get a color to wear over the armor to identify how long you've been a knight mm-hmm. so the first year is green and second year is yellow and so on awesome. so the reason that the hero of legend always wears that green tunic is because link in skyward sword was like wearing a sign that says freshman on it yeah. while he killed the demon and that's great <laughs> Uh, I liked the previous explanation that it just happened to be what those weird uh, fairy children wear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's also good. But apparently they wear that because Link did when he did that thing in Skyward Sword, I guess, is the explanation. Nah, it's just a coincidence. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. That's the way to explain all lore in Nintendo games is just a coincidence, I guess. Yeah. I just, I don't know why they would... People like to do this stuff. People like there to be lore. Like, you should have it. You should have those connections. People love it. I feel like just mentioning the things is enough of a connection sometimes, though, for people. Sometimes, but even then, if you just mention it, people then make a fucking thousand hours of YouTube content being like, "Mm, well, this salt says it's from an ancient sea, so therefore, it must be in continuity with the Wind Waker or whatever. Like. The mention that launched a thousand YouTube careers. Yeah, people people want there to be a meaning behind those references. I guess so. You can't just reference it without there being any uh, purpose, I think. I like how many things in Breath of the Wild were like, here's a mysterious sword, who knows what it means? And it's nothing. Like, that's it. That's just some flavor text. I really like that. It leads to the whole uh, fairy tale feel of everything. Yeah. 
as a as a Star Wars fan, I am against things being explained when they sound cool. Um, it was so much cooler when we were just like, "What the hell is the Clone War, and why did they fight yeah. in it? Were they fighting against clones? Were they clones?" And then I they made a movie guys, about but, that, and it sucked. But there's another layer here, which is I love in the game when Link finds a sword, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know, this sword is weird, but I guess it's cool or whatever." But I, the player, know that that's the four sword, which was a precursor to the master sword. Like, I'm smarter than you, Link, yeah. the hero of time. I know more. You did you, you found that little sword where the description is like, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Uh, is that in this game or in Breath of the Wild you're talking about? I don't know about? if it's in Breath of the Wild, but I found one and it's like not a unique item in this game. No, I haven't found it. That is not just yet. like a standard Link sword. That's pretty good. Oh, I, <laughs> I did have someone say it's a secret to everybody to me, which is great. Oh, yes. Uh, just this week, I found out from there was an Easter egg in Breath of the Wild, which I didn't know about, which is if you shoot a duck, it will spin as it falls to the ground, which is a reference to oh, duck, duck hunt. Duck hunt oh, yes. Because none of the other birds you shoot will do that. That's cute. That's amazing. And <laughs> I, I did never noticed that, that came out six years but... ago. Yeah. Uh, I've been hunting way more in this game than I ever yeah, did in Breath of the Wild. Me too. I don't know why. The hatred of animals. Well, you gotta cook so you can get that money so you can get those outfits. Yep, gotta get on that, that grind. Yeah. I gotta cook more. I I remember, again, in Breath of the Wild, it was very frustrating, but I needed that money so I would go hunt and get, like, is it still the best way to make money to do five prime meats and just roast them and then sell it seems like a it. stick of roast meat to somebody oh yeah maybe i've been i was like these recipes are not making as much money as i remember them making interesting mm -hmm. um because i was just making trying to make like add like a salt and a and a nut and maybe an oil to it to mm -hmm. like make it have all the extra fancy mm -hmm. adjectives but i don't know maybe it is yeah. better to just do five meats yeah, I mean, that's that's what I felt when I did Breath of the Wild. I was like, there's got to be a combination of these things that's perfect. And then, you know, once people had done the math, you look at it and it's like, oh, you get ten times more money just doing five of the best thing than doing five different good things. Yeah, that's what I've noticed, it seems. Yeah, so oh, I need to do that. I mean, I do like the fact that you get prime meat from um, wolves and... <laughs> When you're wandering around at night, wolves are always showing up and trying to kill you, so... Yeah. That's nice. Here's some prime meat you can buy. Do not ask where it came from. <laughs> mm hmm <laughs> Oh, man. Here's one I like on this wiki how a lot. Okay. Because I've been thinking about it. How to play the Zelda theme on piano. And I was thinking about mm -hmm. it because in the game, when you get something good, it goes dun 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 dun, dun which all the Zelda games have done, but of course it used to be video game style music, and in Breath of the Wild and in this game... It's played by someone on a piano dramatically, and I love how that sounds. You can see them doing the flourish on the piano as you hear it. I, even more so, I love the way that the Solving a Puzzle song has evolved through the Zelda series. The like, dee 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 dee. Because again, it used to be video game stuff. And then I've been playing Skyward Sword, as I mentioned last week. And they have a beautiful strings flourish mm. that is that same tune, but, like, really nice. It, I don't think it's quite as good in this game as it is in Skyward Sword, but I love that they play with that and that they are they are 
variations on a theme. Yeah. Oh, and we've all noticed that when Link cooks now, he will hum <laughs> little bits of classic Zelda music. Yep. Yep. Oh, so good. Which is double funny when I realize that, like, like you say, there are those stingers that are references to old Zelda songs. Mm-hmm. So there's a there is a read of this where Link can also hear <laughs> when the music indicates that he has unlocked something, mm-hmm. and he's humming like, "Oh yeah, that kicked ass that time I solved that uh, that uh, that shrine." So I'm gonna do. Yes. I love that. Oh, it's so good. Um, We never get to hear Link talk, of course. That's kind of his thing. But I do like in this game how much he meets people who are like, so Zelda's okay, right? And then he has to do a little pantomime explaining. So the character (laughs) is talking fucking constantly about how Zelda's still in trouble. (laughs) Yep. Yes. And like, all your dialogue choices are Link talking. We just never hear them voiced. And they always seem so aggressive. (laughs) Like, I'm going up to someone, and instead of, like, I'd like to sell, the prompt is pretty much always, buy my stuff, or something that (laughs) level of aggression. I like to think because he's such a slight little slip of a boy, (laughs) that he's just saying it in a soft way, so it's not aggressive. Buy my stuff! But it's so so (laughs) plot important in the first one that this Link is a guy who struggles to express himself. Um, and I love the idea that this Link, now that he has killed the ultimate evil in the world, is just like, I don't talk! Buy my things! I leave now! Bye! Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um. I keep thinking of a million more things, but then I keep running out of things also. How to pass Zelda is really fucking with my brain. If you're taking a degree in Zelda. Yeah, I guess, like... Could you get a G-E-Z? Ah, <laughs> nice. I... I've <laughs> never passed the original. I never cleared the Legend of Zelda for Nintendo Entertainment System. Neither have I. I'm gonna get there What as in my timeline playthrough. I also have never finished it, but, like, I played a little bit of it just recently before I decided, oh, I need to go back and play them all chronologically because of how my brain works. Mm. Uh, so I'm very I... excited to play them, though. I'm a fake gamer, and I'm never going back. <laughs> it is fun to play the those older games and to, like, it's a weird... There is there a word for when you get that something is a reference, but you don't... You, you don't know the thing that it is referencing, and then you go back and then you experience the original of it? Like, when you go watch Casablanca for the first time, uh, and you suddenly get every cartoon vu, you watched when you were a kid? What is that called? Huh? There is a name for this. Reverse Deja Vu, I'm calling it. No, it's not really related to Deja Vu, though. It's like, it's like if you grew up watching Mystery Science Theater, and then you watch The Wizard of Oz, and you're like, oh, this is, every joke that they made was a reference to The Wizard of Oz. But it kind of is reverse Deja Vu, because you see a reference, and you're like, I don't know what this reference is. It's the opposite of I do know this reference. It's what does that have to do with deja vu? The feeling that you know ex- something has happened before, but in this you you know that it hasn't happened before. You haven't got this reference. No, I'm not <laughs> I'm not coming along with this, Louisa. That's too much of a stretch. <laughs> no, I'm committed to this. This is very good. <laughs> I think the 
Seinfeld effect is generally the name because there's two related. The Seinfeld is unfunny effect, which is Seinfeld was groundbreaking 30 years ago, but every sitcom rips it off. So if you go back to watch it now, it just seems boring. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other one where like they were making a bunch of specific cultural references that have been lost to the sands of time and now just seem like they're from Seinfeld. Neither of these is the thing I'm talking about, though, which is... I know this is a reference to Casablanca. I've never seen Casablanca. Then I go back and watch Casablanca, and now I'm experiencing the genesis of all of these references that I've seen. Yeah, that also feels like it has a name, but I don't know it off the top of my head. It should have a name if it doesn't, because I feel like that's a a universal experience that hasn't really been uh, labeled yet. Yeah. Anyway. Wouldn't reverse deja vu be when you, like, when you feel like something that you have done before is actually new? Yeah, it's kind of like a reverse vampire. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean they spit blood out? Does that mean they walk around only during the day? Like, it could be a bunch of things. I think does we're that mean both... they hop backwards when you're picking up rice? <laughs> yeah. They say bad bye instead of goodbye. <laughs> yeah. They can only live on a raft on a river because they can't go anywhere where water's not running. (laughs) They want to kill Lois Lane instead of saving her. (laughs) Oh yeah, they hate Superman. Mm -hmm. They're his best friend. Mm -hmm. Um... His worst friend? His worst enemy? No, wait, no. That's too too backwards. (laughs) It's just the normal way. Yep. Oh god. I keep staring at this one. How to shoot an arrow in any Zelda game mm-hmm. because the answer is lots of different ways because of different consoles. What are you asking? No, I, no you're wrong. I've got the answer. You need to get some double-sided carpet tape and tape that cartridge to a bullseye mm. and then get fucking good at archery, my friend. <laughs> or call your friend Gina Davis to come and shoot it. <laughs> you're gonna call need your a strong Link. steel-tipped arrow to really pierce through a cartridge game, I think. I think even the weakest arrow can fuck up a <laughs> Nintendo cartridge. Yeah, they're made of plastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'm just imagining the wooden blunt-tipped arrows that would just bonk off the surface, I feel like. it was. It's going so fast, though, I feel like it would shatter the thing. Is this a compound bow? This is getting complicated. I think for it to fly, it's got to be going fast enough to shatter plastic. It's one of those bows like Hawkeye uses where it flips out from a little thing on his hip. <laughs> oh, you mean a fake bullshit yeah, thing? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the idea that there are so many smooth-brained idiots out there who are like, yeah, this is a possibility for bows. As if people hadn't been trying to make the most efficient bow for thousands of years already. Yeah, but we only it's, got compound bows in the last like mm, less than a hundred years, so that, it's the that can't be right. It's the when was the compound bow invented? I don't know. Well, this type of compound bow, I guess a crossbow is technically a compound bow because you put in the energy and then you store it until later. It's the uh, Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps <laughs> of it all. Like yeah. everything in the Marvel universe is just explained by well, they have super geniuses. Who cares? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It was invented in the 1960s. Yeah, I think the modern compound bow. That's pretty. This cool. is like finding out that the chupacabra is from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the compound bow is a great idea, but maybe the materials weren't good enough until the 60s. 
I mean, I will say that in addition to maybe that being true, I think the reason it was possible to invent this in the 60s is because it wasn't important anymore. Like, if you invented this bow in the 1600s, somebody would have been like, I'm not spending eight days making every single bow for this army. Fuck off. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Even longbows were a huge investment, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's just a long piece of wood, and you have to hire a guy who's over six feet tall to shoot it, I believe. You have to have extra long arms for that drawback for a longbow. Yeah. Yeah. You need to find a giant goat man. <laughs> exactly. Or some kind giant of... giant goat man to fuck a human woman <laughs> in history to make <laughs> Zelda magic, I guess. The that's idea what I was that... talking about the... in the beginning, and you were telling me I was crazy. The idea that <laughs> Sonia was... is human is, seems like a stretch. She's purple, and her ears are each whiter than her head. She's the tan version of Zelda. What do you mean she's purple? She is, like, not a natural skin tone. Yeah, it is a little... She's got, like, a bluish-purplish tint to her. That is true. In a way that the Gerudos are kind of, like, bright orange. Mmm... Yeah, I don't think that the Gerudos are meant to be an inhuman skin color. I think they're just a cartoon tan person. Yeah, but I think that Sonia is a lot more cartoon uh, than she is tan person. I typed in Sonia T-O-T-K to look up pictures of this person, and it said, Did you mean to write Sonia York? (laughs) Oh no. Is that a celebrity? Don't find out about any new celebrities. We're too old. It's it's probably a celebrity who's about to get very annoyed at the number of autocorrect references they have. <laughs> I the other day I was looking up uh, Lookout Landing. I just wanted to see what people might have been talking about it online because I was so taken with this new uh, village. And yeah. it turns out that is the name of a newsletter for the Seattle Mariners, and they're about to get their SEO fucked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love the uh, the theory that. That is intentional by Nintendo to be like, fuck you and your fucking sports people. Um, I'm looking at pictures of Sonya right now, and she's literally like just olive skin human. Tone. Maybe it was just the There's nothing purple about there's, her at all. Well, it's like just a... the, the lighting in that cutscene where Zelda wakes up and meets them. Yeah, but she has kind of a cool tone to her skin, which human beings don't really have. I mean, I'm looking at a picture right now of her holding hands with Zelda, and you can see their hands on top of each other, and hers is just like a, maybe like Central American person's skin tone over a white person's skin tone. I I did look it up in the, like, official art of her. I was like, oh, that is not what I thought she looked like when I saw her in the game. So it might have just been because the lighting in this game is very, very weird, and when the sun, when it starts to be dusk, everything turns unnatural tones. Yes, that is true. Oh my god, when you get- when the sun is setting and it catches Link in the wrong way, he looks like he has fucking fire engine red skin. (laughs) It is not good. Oh, if you are out in the bright sun, like I've been walking around the desert, he gets sunburned. Oh no! Oh, that's fun. Oh, poor Uh, poor Link. (laughs) So that's been happening like a little bit, like I'll, I'll zoom in on the- I'll like pause and it'll show him standing there and he's got like- kind of rosy cheeks and like the bridge of his nose is red oh i do like that in the cold he gets rosy cheeks and a red nose god this game is so good 
And two eyes made out of Also, I'm looking at these pictures, and (laughs) Sonya is taller than Zelda, but she is not inhumanly tall. Fair enough. Raru is... Raru is inhumanly tall and also a goat man but she is just like a tall woman yes but um i think also i forget all the time that link and zelda are very unusually small even for hylians yes correct the fact that zelda is the same height as link and then every time link talks to anyone that's not a child they are like head and shoulders taller than him is wild they're like four foot ten inch human beings, and you're like, huh, that's, I didn't know humans did that, I guess so. Yeah, it's it's fun to meet, like, you go to Gerudo Town and everyone has to, like, fully turn their head 90 degrees straight down to talk to you, <laughs> except for Riju, the smallest Gerudo, who's still, like, a head taller than you. Yeah. Oh, man. Ah, good game, perfect game. Mm-hmm. Let's stop doing this All podcast right, so well, we can get back to it. Yes. Yeah, if you like this show, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and please tell your friends about it, especially if they like Zelda. Um, we're going to try our best to not only talk about Zelda every episode when we talk about the things we did in the previous week, but mm-hmm. we are probably going to mention it again, so yeah. be prepared for that. Yeah. Um, if if you like the show, no, I already said that part, but if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can message us to join our Discord by uh, sending us a, um, a, a message on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. So what you're going to want to do is you have to find an owl pellet. Uh, the owl has to just recently laid eggs, though. Uh, you break open the pellet and you use the bones that you find in there to spell my name in bone dust. Light that hmm. on fire, and then you what can phase of me the moon Mastodon. does it need to be in? Uh, it you need to not be able to see the moon from where you are, so you need to either be indoors okay. or in a very thickly covered forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can see the moon, then you will be punished for your disgrace against it. <laughs> if you see the moon, you've gone too far. Yeah. Hey, that's the premise of a Zelda game. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you can talk to me regular style on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. If you can read All right. this, the skull kid fell off. <laughs> yes! Jeff, you I can like start that. selling merch. If you, can, yep. if you can read this, you're too close, just right in the moon's forehead. <laughs> no, the, the other one was better. All right, well, thanks, everyone. Please get back to playing your game. But in the meantime, do not forget to excuse me, princess. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. I'm the sword that seals the darkness. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. Oh my god. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Yes. <clears throat>